It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. One, two, one, two. Yet again, GYGB. We got two episodes left before the end of the year. Welcome once again. I am your co-host, Roberto Flack. Soon to be joined by my PNT's Coltrane and ROD. So, yeah, just like I was saying, man, we are wrapping up 2017, man. And, you know, we, you know next week we got our... I mean, our final show, really, just our wrap-up year uh, being, you know, this weekend is kind of like the last notable fight uh, of 2017 with uh, Billy Joe Saunders and David Lemieux uh, for the WBO middleweight title on HBO. So, you know, we're going to be discussing that. We're obviously going to be discussing the fight that took place, the the dream match, the 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 two most decorated Olympians, uh, Meeting in the pros, Vasily Lomachenko, Guillermo Regenbau. We're going to discuss the fight. We're going to also discuss some of the discussion as it relates to Lomachenko, the comparisons, um, you know, the hype. We're going to dig into it, man. We're we're gonna we're gonna you know talk about some things we heard following the Regenbau fight that uh, has caused a, a stir within, like, the boxing community. And, you know, it's, um, you know, it, it's going to get real interesting. But, but, you know, before the guys get on the line, man, you know, this, uh, this weekend, HBO, like I said, the last notable fight of 2017. And, you know, when you think about one of the big fights or probably – the biggest fight of 2017, that being of, uh, well, let me just say, in the realm of uh, competitive boxing, <laughs> Canelo Alvarez, Triple G, was, you know, the big fight of 2017. And, you know, with this weekend, having Billy Joe Saunders and David Lemieux fighting for that last uh, sanctioned body, you know, title, the WBO, you know, you uh, you start to think like, all right, well, you know, we we uh, we have two guys here now. You know, with uh, with David Lemieux being a former IBS middleweight champion, uh, fighting Triple G, uh, fighting, I think he fought in Dan, and uh, you know, he uh, knocking out Curtis Stevens as well. Uh, you know, this is his third shot at a world title, and you know. Uh, coincidentally, <laughs> he is also signed to Golden Boy Promotions, as as you know we speak about Canelo Alvarez and his um, future or, or potential future within the next year or six months. <laughs> but um, you know, Billy Joe Saunders is he's held that title, and it's kind of like he he's like the ugly stepchild of the division, <laughs> where you know the the two. I guess 
you know, some, some would, I mean, I, I guess I'll leave it up to debate where people rank Canelo Alvarez as middleweight. But the two biggest names in that weight, I should say, uh, you know, finally fought. And three of those titles are still, you know, held by, you know, one guy. And, you know, what's interesting about this fight, you know, Oscar De La Hoya, he's in Canada right now. They made Canelo Alvarez, the meaning they, meaning the WBO, made him the number one mandatory at middleweight, you know, for that middleweight title. So it almost sets Canelo up with a plan B if things don't come about with this Canelo Triple G rematch. Um, so, you know, for me, I, I mean, I, I, I think – Naturally, if David Lemieux wins, that would be an ideal matchup. If it, you know, either if they can't get the Triple G fight, which you know I think would be, uh, you know, a, a, a shame. But I, I think naturally, being that he signed the Golden Boy, uh, you would put it, it would be a very easy fight to make. Uh, naturally. We don't want to see that fight if we have the option to see the Canelo Triple G2. And from what I'm hearing anyway, Oscar De La Hoya and, you know, some people around Triple G's camp are saying that this fight looks as if is very close to being, you know, finalized. And, you know, they're talking it. I already read Oscar saying it is going to happen in Vegas, which, is, you know, obviously it's always going to happen in Vegas. So um, my prediction for this fight, I think we, we got train on the line. There you go. Uh, one, two, one, two. Yo, 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 yo. So, yo, you know, before you got on, man, like, I just thought about it. You know, this is, like, the second to last episode of the year, man. <laughs> you know, we, we, this year's been just know, crazy. Man. And we're finally here. It's December. You know, right, you know, holidays kicking in. And, you know, uh, playoff football is about to start soon. And, you know, y'all uh, – Took a big blow, pause, uh this uh, this past weekend, man, and uh, the Eagles are are, are are in some serious trouble right now. But yeah, we third time this has happened to us. Third time, man, in a yeah, thirty-year span. You know, it happened to us in nineteen ninety. Like Randall Cunningham, then Donovan McNabb, and now Carson Wentz. Three franchise guys that just go down like that. It's amazing. That's crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy, man. It, it's, I mean, look, I mean, I, for, for us, at least, I could say, you know, we beat Tom Terrific <laughs> on oh, uh, Monday yeah, night. Yeah, I bought so that kind of props to that because, <laughs> you know, they normally tour around with that division, and it was like, it's a big thing when somebody beat them. How crazy is that? And they got the Steelers this weekend, man. Yo, I didn't even realize the Steelers was 11-2. and two. That's crazy. Like, yeah. I uh, yeah, like low key, the same they like low key uh, a Super Bowl con- contender, and nobody even really talking about it. Nobody, yeah, man, yeah, it's it's wild, man, and you know, because we you know we're thinking you know New England is going to run run through it, but that's the thing with you know with football, it's just one game, man. <laughs> watch out for them, watch out for them Jaguars. I'm telling people now. Watch out for yeah, them. man. They, yeah, they snuck up. They yeah, low, they, yo. They got like a, a formula right there. Down Blake Bortles is obviously the, you know, the uh, the, the gray area, but their defense is nasty. Yeah, man. Nasty, man. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's the playoffs. I think. I think. I mean, 
I think these playoffs, man, could get real interesting, man, with, with some of these matchups, depending how everything kind of plays out with wild cards and the whole nine. And, you know, some of these teams we think are short shots, man. Is <laughs> I, I don't know how many years I've seen where, you know, I mean, not to bring y'all, you guys up, I mean, but, you know, this isn't the first time you guys have had a, a solid season. And then, you know, so I, that's why I hit you up when that happened. I was like, oh, my God, man, not again. I know. <laughs> I always tell you, think, yeah, I know that's the last thing we needed was that. You know what I mean? You know, we're yeah. always holding our breath with him, too. Like, you know, it just – and that's the thing, like, with Wentz, man. Like, I was talking to my cousin earlier. You know, when you got quarterbacks like Wentz that, you know, he took a lot of hits this year, you know what I mean, and – there's a great clip of Jay Ajaye on, um, like, the NFL Network channel of him saying, like, yo, he got to stop doing that. Like, throwing the hit when he gets hit, like, yeah, in, the, yeah, in the end zone, he says that. Like, it, it, it captures him saying, like, yo, he got to stop doing that. Like, because they know, like, if he keeps getting hit like that, he's not going to make it through a, to a season. Now, this is before they even knew, you know, he tore his uh, ACL. Like, they didn't even know at that point, but. You know, he's been taking hits all year long. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, we'll see, man. We'll see. I mean, it's, it's uh, like I said, I mean, that's, that's the thing with football, man. And, One game, and before, man. We, before we segue, we got to give some shine to tomorrow night, what's happening tomorrow night. And I was just and, on the and I saw it. Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, I, I hear you. Serious, it's like, yeah, man. Yo, yo, I know R.O.D. is kind of salty right now. <laughs> yeah, he, I told him. Remember, I told you guys, like, when I was at the movie two months ago, and the Usher girl, little young girl there, told me that the tickets were all sold out. This is like two months ago. Yeah, man. And, I, and you know, it's crazy because obviously everybody, you know, we're talking about Star Wars, <laughs> The Last Jedi. You know, we're, we're, we're obviously, we're, I'm going tomorrow night. Solo. We both talked about you know, it. We're not waiting until the weekend. Because <laughs> if my wife said, yo, just that. go, just go. I'm like, because I can't go through the weekend, like, not uh, right. hearing about it and not, you know what I'm saying? I can't. No, I can't do that. as you so, should. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, nobody you know, else should wait that long. You know what I mean? Like, but what's crazy is I I was checking the, the amount of showings that okay. each theater had and it's no, it, like it's. I, it seems like it's a lot less really? than what it was for Force Awakens, because okay. I checked like Friday, sorry, like down you know, in South Florida, in okay. my area, in, in like in a twenty mile radius, all the theaters, that movie is sold out. Okay. And, and I should say, or not should say sold out, but if you if you want to sit in the front row, and I'm pretty sure. That's going to get sold out, too, at some point until next Wednesday. All wow, sold out. that's nuts. That's nuts. So you're saying I checked, not- and I was like, yeah, I checked, and I'm like, nah, this can't be for real. And I, and I checked. I was like, wow, man, that, that's just like bananas. I didn't look past today, today, you know, when I looked. I mean, Thursday, and I just saw all the gray uh, boxes checked off. For like every yeah, man, because, yeah, we're spoiled, man. Like, well, you – you got to get there early because, I mean, that you were telling me. Right, I'm, not doing, I'm not doing the reserved seating this far. Oh, man, because it was like a so you got to do, do the sneaker line joint. <laughs> yeah, like, they, yo, it's like, you know, you got to get there literally. And it, it sounds crazy, but you literally got to be there like an hour before because what happens is they line up like an hour before and they let people in like 45 minutes before the movie starts. So it might be like 
Like the movie started at 8, so 7.15, they'll let you come in, you know, just to find seats. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. So, I mean, it's going to be nuts, man. Like, in my theaters, our theaters up here, they straight up got signs up. Like, we're not showing any other movies up the first few nights but Star Wars. And wow. one of the movies got 26 theaters in it, and they're showing it literally wow. in every theater. That's cool. And it's, and it's still sold, sold out. It's still out. Wow. man. It's well, that's, that's freaking crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yo, Yo this saw, movie, to me, I think it's going to break records. Wow. Yo, Rogue One. Listen, when I saw Rogue One, right, we, I'm just, like, kind of skipping along, like, thinking we didn't have to rush to get there. Dude, when I got there, the one was, it was crazy. Like, that was so yeah. loud. People love this brand, man. Like, they're just obsessed yep. with it. And this and it's only starting, man. Like I, I told my man, like a, watch this. Like your little oh. man and my daughter. Like they're gonna yeah, like, when they get older. Like this is this is like a thing that's never going. This is like our Star Trek, basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, man. But I mean, bigger though, but bigger. The Star Trek is never this big. Like there's been there's, yeah, no, nah, this never I mean, been nothing yeah. this big. Nothing. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. It's just I mean I think I mean from and even and I've held off like reading like. Like the full spoilers. And yeah, that's why I kind of saw that because we so but, close to it. I know but you I've watched some stuff. Yeah, some yeah. Stuff, right? But yeah. I have seen the review. Like the reviews have been like almost every review I've seen for the most part say it's the best Star Wars movie since Empire Strikes Back. And I'm like, well, okay. wait, remember, remember, remember when the Force Awakens come out, we were like, it was good, but it, it, it feels like a setup episode. Like, you're setting up the stuff yeah. up. And we, we, because the characters was kind of being developed, they were still raw. Like, we didn't really get a chance to really embrace it, but we, we set it back then. Like, it, it just got the vibe of setting up a really, really good Empire Strikes Back type of thing. You know what I mean? But they said it's like mad, like, like the dude, that dude that directed it, Ryan Johnson, like, he mm-hmm. apparently, like, it's a really different Star Wars movie, and apparently, and this isn't really giving anything away, but like apparently, it's gonna make us question everything that came before. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I'm, 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 word. I'm, 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 I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been ready since you know 26. What was it? What were we? 26. What's the first one? 2015. This Rogue One was 2015, 2015 right. was the one that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because yeah. we get the standalones in between, because what do we get? Uh, what do we get next year? Is Rogue, it the Han Solo standoff? Han Solo, yeah, Han Solo. Yeah, okay. And then the year after that, we get episode nine. Right, that's, that's the dope part about that, is that we don't, this is, like, when we was kids, we want we wanted this. Like, we wanted more, and we were told there yeah. were no more. You know, then they brought out the, you know, the prequels, which was, eh, you know, it wasn't, they weren't, some of them were better than others, but yeah, these ones feel a little bit more like to the essence and the core of what we got, you know, grown accustomed to liking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. the prequels there, but whatever. Well, we had some boxing that took place this weekend that was pretty <laughs> significant. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So I mean, it's 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 still the talk, man. I mean, look, we we had. A, a historic fight that took place. I mean, again, on paper, <laughs> uh, two of the greatest Olympians, uh, two of 
you know, when you think about fighters that have only had like so many professional fights that are, but are arguably like arguably top five pound for pound, like you don't see that very often. Right, so right, right. these two guys, Vasily Lomachenko, Guillermo Ringendahl, finally, after years of speculation and and you know things and such, they finally fought. Ringendahl had to climb up two weight classes, and it's I, I think I think there's like it's like a two way street with this fight. I mean I think when we were all predicting the fight, you know we, we you know we no matter who you had winning, like we both we all understood that these two guys were scientists in the ring, and we knew that they, there was going to be a chess match played at, at some point in you know we either early or as the fight progressed, you know, where we were going to see what each other, you know, how they were going to adapt, right? And I think, and, I, and I'll get your opinion on it. I mean, I, I think from the, the onset, man, I think reality for me, kind of, and, and even though I picked Lomachenko to win, mm-hmm. that didn't regard the fact that I knew that Guillermo Rigondeaux was a hell of a skilled fighter and just um, a tactician, man. Like we we've seen this, we we know. I mean, it, it wasn't right, 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 right. wasn't anything we didn't know. But I think once the bell rang, and there was certain things I saw that Lomachenko was doing, and the first round wasn't really that active. Right, right, right. But just started to notice, like, okay, well. And this is the thing with me, and some people have debated me, and I'm like, you know, it is what it is, but I'm just, I've always been, and it's gone into, it went heavy into my prediction, is there's weight classes for a reason, you know, and I just think we knew Lomachenko was a really good fighter, man, and ROD, myself, you, this has been like a two-year deal. We've been telling people, like, yo, this guy's really good, man. Don't get fooled by the record, you know? Yeah, right, um, right, right, yeah. And, and when we finally saw him in there with Rigondeaux, and look, man, like, the concession is the, the fact that he came up to weight classes, you know? And, and ROD, myself, and, and, and I, mean, I, I, think you, I mean, I think you too. Like, we, we were a little concerned about that. I mean, we were, you know, pretty concerned about it because at – as of yet, and we were, I remember we were in the chats, like, kind of going back and forth, like, when has anybody gone up to weight classes? Yeah, that, was, that was a big question. I'm to fight, to, to, <laughs> yeah, to beat and beat right. an, an elite top five pound-for-pound guy in the best in that division. And, and all of us gave, I guess, we're throwing things out, but, like, it wasn't really matching. So, yeah, right. It was just, I mean, as far as the fight is concerned, man, I mean, I just think Guillermo Rigondeaux, the one Achilles heel he's always had, and and it, and it was another part of the reason why I picked Lomachenko in this fight was that he gets at these points where he falls in love with his defense and he doesn't initiate, I don't say initiate, but he doesn't um, – make it to where these guys don't want to come at him anymore. You know, like it, right, it, right, it, right. It's, it's kind of a deal where he'll counter you and then reset. 
You know, and, 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 they, and Laura does. Right. Laura does that. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and look, man, that's that's for the most part. I mean, not all Cubans fight like that. I mean, not everybody. Right. You know, fights I know what you're saying. School. That's a that's a school of. of Sort of a, a defensive boxing, man, like, process, and, right. and, and Olympic style boxing, man. I mean, that's you see that a lot in the amateurs, like in that type of style. Right. Um, and, and the problem scores on a point system, basically. Right, right, and 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 look, and I think with Lomachenko, man, he got in that Salido fight. I think he got a lesson in what professional boxing is all about, and which and, and at some points, what you may deal with. And you need and you need to figure out a way to overcome that, you know. And look, with all that being said, he almost knocked Salido out anyway. But that being said, the problem I think that Rigandau had going, you know, right after that first round, man, was he to me he couldn't deal with the activity and and he couldn't get anything off. And round three and four, man, like I never seen Rigandau that frustrated and somebody that good that uh you know who he regards you know so high like he he there was really at that point you knew there was nothing he could do outside of landing something big but it didn't look as if like he he was either attempting or he was really landing much at all and then it got to and then the the big you know the big thing you know him not coming out of the sixth round uh, you know, you, you know, you know, citing, you know, he, 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 well, what ended up being a bruised hand. And then what I guess was a high, you know, from us, at least a high build fight, you know, we were, we were big enough. It kind of had somewhat of a lackluster ending. I mean, so on one end, man, I mean, it, it's, and, and, and I'll shoot it to you, man. Um, I mean, what do you see? I mean, give me your thoughts on the, like, as far as the fight itself and, like, really between both guys, man. Like, actually, before we talk about Lomachenko, like, what do you see, see, like, with Rigondeaux at this point? Like, where he can go from this point? Here's the crazy part. (laughs) We see, like, Walter and those guys really got beat up by Lomachenko. Like, Rigondeaux flat out just quit. Like, Early yeah. in the fight, like I don't know if like we were texting because you know obviously you you weren't with with us, but Radadab, me and Radadab was together, and we we were like, yo, he's trying to get out of this fight already. It reminded me of like Zad. Remember Zad when the Claudie fight? Yeah, yeah. The you one. Check remember how much bigger? Remember how much bigger Claudie was than Zad? Yeah, yeah. Realized yeah. Zad's not really a welterweight. You know what I'm saying? Because he was mm-hmm. fighting all these smaller welterweights. Yeah, and Claudi looked so much bigger than him, and he was like kind of walking him down. And then Zab got out. That was the the infamous "How many fingers do you see?" And Zab said uh, six. When the guy put up two fingers, you know what I mean. But um, anyhow, um, I just thought that was uh, a interesting parallel to what happened those because it was like I felt like the fight never got started. Really, it was just Lomachenko walking him down like we knew you would do, and Rigondeaux just didn't know what to do, you know what I mean? And he quit. Like, he flat out quit. So here's the problem. Here's the problem with Rickendall. You, this fight we said before going into this fight, we just said if he lost the fight. We never even talked about quitting. We talked about if he lost the fight. We was like, well, if he loses this fight, you know, how can he save face? And I always said, well, the only way he can save face is if it's one of those 
who really won fight, like a Triple G Canalo situation. Where here, he he quit, eliminated any sort of doubt. He didn't even put up a violent, you know, like an effort. Like, it was yeah. just a flat-out quit. This ain't Roberto Duran where he beat him the first fight. He straight quit. And him to make an excuse something about his hand, I think even made it look worse. Not that anybody cared, because once you quit, you quit. The network, see, what a lot of people don't realize is that he's been banned from HBO because of his lackluster performances. So they didn't want him back on their network. You know, Bob Aram had, you know, always been adamant he's been, you know, problematic promoting. He had a chance to go with Al Heyman a few years ago. He turned that situation down. You know, so a lot, some of this, a lot of it, you got a place at the blame of Riggendahl's feet the way he handled his career, too. You know what I'm saying? Because I was thinking about this early. I'm like, damn, had he won with Al Heyman, he might not have ever had to fight Lomachenko. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, one thing about Al Heyman, they're very good at advising their fighters, like, what to do and what not to do. You know what I mean? Where with Bob Abram, for Ch- Lomachenko, it was no way this fight was going to get made without the way it was done. You know what I mean? So, and that's how every promoter does for a fighter. Al Heyman does. We talked about Danny earlier how Al Heyman matched Danny a certain way. So it would have been the same way with, with Riggendahl, I thought. You know, but business-wise, he's made so many questionable decisions. So I don't know where he can go, but back to the gymnasiums in Japan. I mean, oh my that's God. Where he's, yo, that's where he's headed back to. I mean, we're Do you think he comes back? Oh, yeah, I think he definitely comes back. But the question is, coming back on American soil, fighting on an American network? Yeah, that's like, who's going to, yeah, see, that's yeah, I mean, he'll, problem, still, he, he, he'll still go somewhere and, you know, and live off what little bit of name he got left in another country. Yeah, like right. some upstart guy, you know, some upstart young Japanese champion or something. You know how it is in those countries. They'll take they take all covers. You know what I mean? Where, but here it's not happening. That's a wrap. It's over. Yeah, he. Because the thing too is, I mean, a point. And it's the same because it never really got started. Really, you know what I mean? But he, again, yeah. he lot of be bored on himself. I mean, Damn, I though, think like, he just straight quit though. Like it's like yeah, that. See that. And, and what made it worse is that he was talking all this crap and it's like it's so like non like him but and and when I started seeing that I'm like ooh man like that that's kind of worrying me and and then for him to just quit now look like I was you know people have made the argument like yeah but you know you you, you want to fight another day and, and I'm like yeah but here's the thing man Guillermo Rigandau is not a guy that is gonna is gonna is having people knock on his door on a daily right. basis. Right. Man. I mean, he, this guy he, is he's jumping. Still, he's still a risk. He's still a risk. Old and over he the hill as he may be, he's low risk. I mean, he's high risk and very little reward. Right. And now the fact that you know, he. I mean, look, man. Would Lomachenko really? Be, I mean, look. Essentially, man. He basically, and look, it was it was bringing out his decision to quit, but he basically put Riggin out in the, in the position where he's like, you know, even at, at featherweight, right. the allure is like the allure is gone for any of those guys to say, "Hey, all right, I'll fight him." 
Right, because right, right. That's what I was going to say. There's no reward to do anything. Right. It's gone. And, 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 right. Because, and right. And the fact that he, you're not going to make any money fighting him. And the fact that not only – because even if he lost to Lomachenko, right, and it was a super close fight, then at least at that point it's like, hey, man, you know what? He, he went up two weight classes. And some people still make that argument. But I think the fact that – and I made this comparison too. I go, look, man, we're coming off a weekend prior with a guy who was in his last fight in the seventh round, rolled his bicep, and he fought from round seven all the way to round 12. I was going to say, and, that, and, and that's funny, what makes – right. Yeah, right. Which, makes oh. it, and which makes it even worse. And, and then you go to find out – when they were talking to Fred, when they were talking to Freddie Roach about when that happened, he goes, "You say, yo, like I didn't even know he, I didn't know that his arm was even like that, because I was looking at his wrist and he said my forearm is a little, is a little, right, you know, right, right, right. It's, he wasn't looking at his arm and he's but like, he didn't and then complain. the guy, like, right. yeah, you he know, didn't complain, it, didn't tell yeah. him anything, and I'm like, you know what, man, like that's the thing, and, and it's one of the things in boxing, why you know why you know there, there's so many dimensions that we sometimes don't tap into when we talk about like the, the, the temperament of a fighter, when, when, when things get really, you know, when, when adversity really kicks in, man. Cause look, I've, we've seen fighters with, with uh, broken jaws, broken orbital bones. Right. Uh, Floyd had broke his hand. Yeah. Um, Roy Jones, you know, uh, Roy Jones, yeah. Yeah, right, 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 exactly, right. And and the thing is, it's one of the things in 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 the sport where it's kind of like an unspoken thing, where it's almost expected of you to like. And obviously, there's dire straits things, like a bad gash over your face, your head, or whatever. I mean, certain things, it's like okay, you know what I'm saying? Even a broken jaw, man, like. You know, like Arthur Abraham had years ago, and he he kept fighting. But if any if he would have stopped the fight, I don't think anybody would have said anything. But he kept fighting. Um, right. It it just it just makes Reagan look really bad, man. And yeah, no, and and I, and, and that's the thing. It has, what he did is unfortunate because Lomachenko, you could tell he was a little upset because he's a see when you're a competitor, like all yeah. the marketing stuff goes out the window, and he was like. Yeah, kind of like I only did this because I was told to do it type of thing. Like I didn't even really want to fight this guy. Like he's too small for me. Like he was fully, and he was straight up about brutally that. honest. Like, he didn't. He didn't have to do that. Like he could have been like, listen, he talked all this trash. You know, you, you know, he's a small guy. Like I'm not even like really proud of what just took place here. You know what I mean? It's like, and I respect him for that. You know what I mean? Because that was the one thing going into the fight. And I was, you know, I know you and Robert Dye was really adamant about the, the weight and a lot of things. And, and originally I was too, but I started to buy into the, the, the marketing of, of it all. And this is where promoters, they do a good job at selling a story. Like I read an article today and it was like, it was the perfect hit storm basically this fight because he was like, Riggendahl has such a cult following where they think like most of the Riggendahl fans don't think he could do no wrong, and they thought like he was this 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 boxing savant. And he's a, and the guy was like he's a really good fighter, but he's a guy that you know he's older now. He's fighting the weight class that he has no business in, and he has a four a full fight in almost four years. 
So he was right. like, I don't care if you're Floyd Mayweather or Sugar Ray Robinson. Like, nobody can just walk into a situation like that. He was like, it basically was just a cash grab for Ricky Dow. But then when you told me what he was getting paid, and then, I, you know, it became public, I'm like, well, that's not really a, that's not a cash grab. I mean, that's my career first, obviously, but for what, for what all took place and what he did mm-hmm. for that, you know, and once you break down the tax, and what he walks away with, $175,000? Well, yeah, I mean, like, cause, you know, he, he apparently the purse he got, like, the, the total purse was $2 million because when they added it up, okay. it was 1.5 or something for Lomachenko and then 400 k for Reagan now. So I'm sitting there thinking, scratching my head, like, okay, number one, who are his handlers? Like, who's his manager? <laughs> number two, yeah, right. Rock Nation, man. Like, they really... Uh, yeah, oh, they, my they, God, man. They've been fumbling a lot of balls lately. And, yeah. And, this is and, and you know, you get these people that are not boxing people, like, and they try to yeah. start these upstart companies, like, you know, we, we always say this is the one sport where you can't bully a guy like Bob Arum. You, you can't. Right. You know what I mean? And, and the legacy that he left behind. You know, Al Heyman is a very unique situation that, you know, uh, but again, Al Heyman, Al Heyman's fate, I mean, not his fate, but his, his legacy was attached to other boxing, in, you know, publications. He sat in the Golden Boy camp and had people sit amongst them and really learned a lot. And Richard Schaefer played a big deal into brokering a lot of situations. So it's not like our Hayes just came right into boxing and took it by the, by the throat. You know, he sat with another promotion company, you know what I mean? Right, right. And really learned the business of boxing. And now, you know, obviously he is what he is, where Rod Nation, they just, they're coming in and they've been out swindled. They've been swindled a few times. You know, with a few different situations, and, you know, and his Rickon situation where he's getting paid, I'm like, all the stuff that he risked and gave up, and that's all he walked away with? Like, that's freaking crazy. That's crazy. I mean, like, that's, you know, Eddie Chambers got more to fight Klitschko. Eddie Chambers got paid $750,000 to fight Klitschko. And I know it's heavyweight and it's a different, but, you know, and Eddie's uh, obviously a friend to the show and all that, but Rickon got a little bit more clout than Eddie has on the boxing scene. So I'm like, how does that, you know, and we can go to a lot of other examples where God got, God got paid a lot more money than 400000 to do a lot less, is, I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, man. That, that, it's just, I mean, I, I I really don't know what he does from here, man. I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, he'll be doing those, uh, those, you know, uh, Japan trips, uh, you know, New Year's, yeah, it, it, uh, New Year's Eve, man. But, I mean, it, it took away from another great performance from Lomachenko. And, again, it's not his fault that he fought a, a totally overmatched guy that we at least thought would go 12 rounds and not – or if it, if it didn't go 12 rounds in a legitimate TKO, not him just stopping because he quit because he couldn't figure him out. Like, you know, so it's like it's just, it was just a disheartening thing, you know what I mean? And – the, the thing, and it's funny because I wanted to ask you and Rodadon, is Rodadon not here with us tonight? The thing about boxing that's frustrating sometimes, and we'll, and I want to, because it kind of plays into this Kevin Farmer situation, um, who lost oh, yeah. Saturday night and, and to a really, uh, wasn't a bad, bad decision, but it was bad enough. And yeah, yeah. He, he was a victim of politics, basically. He, he was a victim mm-hmm. of politics. 
I mean, politics and boxing, let's not, we're not going to just act like it's never been going on because it has. My problem with today's boxing is, even with Triple G and Kanala, we all kept saying before the fight, like, well, if Triple G don't knock him out, he's not going to get a decision. That's 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 effed up that we got to think that way. That we think that. Like, why do we got to think? Like, why can't he just beat him fair and square like he did? And it's so messed up, like, and even, like, with the Triple G and Kanawa, let's, I mean, let's be honest, that's not the Triple G from three years ago, even though he still, you know, did his thing against Kanalo. So it was almost like everything was scripted for Kanalo in this particular fight. He gets an older Triple G that's been through some wars, and he still couldn't get a clean victory against him. Mm-hmm. Then we get a situation like what happened with last Saturday night with Tyson Farmer and his Japanese kid. I forget his name, who he fought. Uh, for Tank's vacant title, uh, uh, Javante Davis' vacant title, they lost on the scale uh, a few months back to IBF uh, strap. And unfortunately, Tevin Farmer was too much of a risk and not enough of a reward for Tevin Farmer, I mean, for uh, Javante Davis. So therefore, they're going to fight this Japanese kid where they can go to Japan. Boy's been hanging out in these countries lately. Uh, he's been building relationships with these guys. So I'm sure Javante will get paid a decent amount of money. I, I know it'll probably be for, you know, five, six hundred thousand, maybe more, I don't know. But um you know, this is a young twenty two year old kid getting what Riggendahl got in his career purse. But that being said, the politics in this sport with these fights, you know, um you know, we always say we want fifty fifty fights. That's a boxing thing. It's a shame that we even gotta save it anymore because in the eighties and the nineties these fights just they just happened. You didn't ask for them. They just happened. But because everybody want to go this route where they, even like with the Keith Thurman and Earl Smith situation, he told them, like, you know, get your name out there, earn this and that. And by the time some of these fights get made, they're not 50-50 fights anymore. You know, in, in theory they were in the beginning, but when they get made, they're not 50-50 fights. So I, I, I just want to throw that out there and, see, you know, get your opinion on that. It's just like, it's frustrating sometimes. Like, even with this Triple G and Kanawa rematch, like, if he don't knock them out, you know they're going to give Kanawa this decision. Like, we know mm-hmm. they are. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's a thing that we hope doesn't happen with all these big fights, man. And, and you know, we, going into 2018, we're already looking at certain matches. No, you were in 2019 earlier today. That's, that's messed up and said. We got to go to a whole other year. We're not even in 2018 yet. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly, right. So it's, That's like it's, messed it's, up when you think about it, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're, we kind of, like, see the layout of how, how things can materialize realistically. And, and look, like, when you look at a, a fight like Wilder and Joshua, I mean, that's a fight that should happen no later than next year. To me, like a, a Thurman Spence should happen no later than next year, and I'm I'm like kind of starting to believe it's not going to happen. Um, you know, fights like like all right, like something like a, a a a Crawford and Spence, which is like kind of like starting to slowly, you know, build steam as far as like the next, you know not next year, but, like, into 2019, that could potentially be a fight that we're going to be talking about. You know, like, these are, yeah, these are the type of fights that need to happen, you know, when, when you know, when they should happen. And Canelo Triple G is a good example of, 
that should have happened the year before. Um, but even that being said, like Canelo didn't win that fight, but now Triple G is going to be a year older, and, and Canelo's still not even 28, 29 years old. You know, you're you're really adding, um, not, I don't want to call it an asterisk, but like, you're already uh, creating a discussion for people to say, yeah, but, you know, you fought, he's just 36 years old already. Like, you can't beat that guy. You know, so um, our hope, my hope is basically for, you know, what we've seen this year, man, we've had, I mean, I can't really complain much because we did have good fights this year, but I just want that to kind of be a trend, man. Like, I don't think this should be like a three, four year hold off and say, yeah, man, 2020 is going to be the next like crazy year. Like it shouldn't be that way. I think every year these guys should strive to fight, you know, like, I don't, I don't know what the weight is, man. And, and these, and, and look, for one particular guy we were talking about today, man, like that fought once this year and hasn't, and even for no reason hasn't fought at all after man. And I'm like, there's no excuse for that. Yeah, it's, it's bad, like, when you think about, like, fights, you know, I mean, I don't even care if dudes stay busy, whatever, I get all that, but it's like this whole different mindset, like, see, these guys got to misconstrued with Mayweather's career. Mayweather had to earn the right to get to this pick and choose thing. This dude, was, you know, was a big box offensive attraction, so he earned the right, and he went through the, through the ringer. Early in the earlier part of his career, these dudes are trying to do that in the early part of their career. They haven't even accomplished anything yet. That's the hilarious part about it. It's like it takes the sport, and what happens is by the time the fights that you want to see, they come around. One guy maybe got knocked out before or been through some wars, and then the fight finally materializes, but it's not even an even fight because one guy is fresher than the other. That's why I'm hoping and praying that this Terrence Crawford situation, you know, um, really changes things up in this division. You know, I think that he's a really important player in all this because, you know, by him moving up now in that welterweight, it's really going to put pressure on the rest of the welterweight division because, you know, you got all these guys, you know, all trying to stay clean that they're the best, you know, they're the best welterweight. So eventually this stuff is going to have to play out, you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> I don't know, man. It just be frustrating sometimes, like, you know, dealing with the sport when you you wait for a big fight and a lot of the stuff you kind of know what's going to happen before it happens. Like, you know, and I keep using the Triple G and Canelo fight as an example because that was the biggest fight of this year. You know what I mean? And yeah. we all knew, like, okay, it's, if it's not a loss, it's going to be a draw. Like when you heard those scorecards, I knew. I knew it was. Okay, it all you know because it all depends on the second guy. You know, once you hear you first you heard a one sixteen one twelve. If you hear like a one fifteen one thirteen, like for the main big attraction guy, you know it's a draw coming because the gap just got that narrow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I remember yeah, that. I remember hearing that scorecard, and I was like, here we go. So I hope this time around Triple G just go for broken, just whatever it may be, and just go for the kill. I think he you knows know I mean? that. I mean, you, you got to yeah. think. Um, <laughs> that would be funny yeah. now, by the way, if that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where it's just it's just like a three round fight. Like the opportunity was the opportunity was there. Like, like I've seen a few rounds times eight and nine there. and ten. Yeah, 
I mean, it was just like, <laughs> but anyhow. But anyway, so back to Tevin Farmer, like what happened to him was, it was boxing politics. I'm actually going to put a post on the gram, and, you know, and add him. Because he got caught in the vic- he he was the victim of Boston politics, unfortunately. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, they didn't want him to be the champion, and because Javante Davis is a guy that, you know, obviously he's that's Mayweather's fire. Um, you know, he's a guy that they're trying to get behind. You know, to be like a next, which is crazy what I'm about to say, but like another Bron- the next Broner type guy. That, you know, a guy that's loose cannon that they can you know uh, help sell some tickets, and um. Him going, you heard, you saw what he said on Twitter. He's going to Japan. You mm-hmm. saw how eager he was to tweet that. Like, yeah, this was yeah, already yeah. kind of like, you know what I mean? Not that it was a fix, like, hey, we're going to fix this fight going into it Saturday night. It was more so as the opportunity was there, we, then he's going to get jerked. And he did, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, this is the thing about the sport that, like, we, like, unfortunately have to endure still. And you yeah. know, and it's such I mean, it's a marriage that we're stuck in. You know, we're not going anywhere. We're just, you know, voicing our opinion. I mean, voicing our concerns and our complaints to our therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for Farmer, man. I mean, I think. Um, I mean, I think he'll bounce back. Because yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, 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 I man, think like it happens. You know, he's not the first yeah. guy, to, and he, you know, he won't be the last. You know, it happens. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it, it's uh. I mean, it's unfortunate, man. It really is. I mean, but I, th- I mean, I think he'll, uh, I, I think he'll bounce back from this, and then, you know, I, I think down the line, man, I think one, one, one way or the other, if the tank is is there, man, like he's gonna have to fight him. <laughs> one, one yeah, way or the other. yeah, right, exactly. So that's his hope that their 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 roads, you know, cross cross paths. You know, they cross paths sooner or later on the line. But on the main card, on the main event, the OG. The OG part, you know, he, he got, you know, he went out on his hill, unlike some the other guys on the fight. You know, Toledo, you know, uh, you know, speaking of it, he was kind of sandwiched in between that Lomachenko and Rikadol thing because he was the last yeah. guy that technically beat Lomachenko, but we all know all kind of what happened with that fight. But, you know, Toledo is a guy that beat a lot of young fighters, you know, his biggest claim to fame is stopping the hype train by Juan Mario Lopez, who was supposed to be the next great boxer out of Puerto Rico. Man, I'll never forget watching that fight, and it was like, we were all stunned, like shocked. You know, we thought Juan Mario was going to be that next dude, you know what I mean? And Toledo put it on, and he was never the same after that. You know, one of these guys was a really really crafty guy. You know, Toledo, you know, older guy. I mean, you know, he has the, uh, he said something funny one time about his body. Like, he has the body of, uh, like, a YMCA workout guy. Some, some, I forget what he said about his body. <laughs> like, you know, like, he doesn't have the muscles. It just goes to show you boxing isn't about how pretty your physique is. You know what I mean? And he, he beat all, he beat a lot of dudes up with, with muscles. You know what I mean? He's just a, just a crafty, really, really good fighter that, Kind of went under the radar a lot. He was told to be the guy that you put your young fighter guy in there with, but he ends up becoming the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he and he. Uh, I mean, he got he got knocked out in the fourth round, and right. He had he had announced his retirement, right? But then yeah, I today, he retired twice. 
Yeah, he came out of retirement already. <laughs> oh, all right, cool. All right, right, right. right. So, I mean, yeah, so I guess we'll see him back. But, I mean, to be honest, man, like, he, he's been in a lot of wars, man, from the Francisco Vargas. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it could have took his toll. You can't be it's that old yeah. to be in them kind of wars. And he's not a, a keyboard guy, so it's not like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. two more, still two more fights. Can you imagine? And can you imagine him and Lomachenko fighting no, again? Like, no, can you imagine if that would happen? I, I, I wouldn't even watch it because it would be a massacre. Yeah, you know I mean, and, and remember, he, they were supposed to fight, but then he get out. What happened? He turned down. A, he turned down a lot of money. Yeah, and you can see why now. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> even at the time, I was like, "There's a reason why he didn't take that fight because he knew that he got away with one. He caught Lomachenko." Yeah. And even in, later in that fight, Lomachenko came on and was stopping. Uh, it would have just been a carryover from the last fight because Lomachenko figured him out. Like you said, he learned about being, or that's a great point that you made, he learned about being a professional in one fight. Yeah. Like, okay, is, I can't just outpoint these guys here. You know what I mean? It's almost like equivalent to, like, the NFL where the defensive backs and the linebackers are just as fast as the offensive players in the NFL. You learn that, like, in day one of your first NFL game. You know, I mean, you know how, like, in college, like, you can outrun everybody on defense. But in, in the NFL, everybody on defense is just as fast as you. Caught yep. in the pros, like, you found out real quick this is not the amateur scoring system where you could just outpoint somebody all night. No, true. I mean, yeah, it's 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 way yeah, different. He had to way different. A few times, like when he was younger, like he had to get in there. Like you know, every now and again, you got to get in the pit. Yep, yep. And I think that was kind of like a crash course for for Lomachenko. And if you notice, I mean, look, and even since then, man, I mean, he it's not is this fighter, man? Really, really, really good fighter. Yeah, man. I mean, look. I mean, to to segue back into him, man. I mean, to right. you know, we, we talk about Reagan now. Um, there. I mean, naturally, the the hype is gonna begin <laughs> with yeah, yeah. with somebody <laughs> like like we heard Shanko, like, you know? crazy stuff this week. But like you said, at the end of the day, you got to be careful with the media because they did the same thing right. with Nito Donaire. We just forget this stuff because it's it's over and done with. Like they were comparing Nito Donaire to Roy Jones, and I used to be like, yeah. what? You know what I mean? Yeah. So you got to be careful with this stuff. We know he's a great fighter. We know he's good. Yeah. You just got to temper your emotions with this stuff because they just start going crazy. And what happens is with Mayweather is a guy, there's certain guys in the media that just don't like Floyd, you know, obviously. You know what I mean? They they can't separate his, his character and with his skills, you know, uh, his persona, like, you know, the money Mayweather. And most intelligent people know that was a character that was created to sell tickets. Right. But some of these media members, Really bought into the to the hype like like fans. So you know, I just think that you gotta really not you gotta really really put that stuff to bed and put it to a side and you know what I mean and and, and take it with a grain of salt. You know when it comes to that stuff, especially when they start saying stuff like, "Well, he would have beat Floyd." Like that's more of a personal thing than it yeah. is. Yeah. And it's, you know what's crazy about that? If they went to Lomachenko and asked him something like that. He was like, no, like, you know, because yeah, like, he's not even, like, on that type of time. You know what I mean? It's like, no, nah, that's, that's Bob Aaron, too. Like, Bob knows, like, he needs a new star, and he looks like he got it now. You know, um, so a lot, he, he's doing a lot of this, too. You know what I mean? And, yo, I got to say this, do one thing, too. 
before, you know, like, because I want, I want to talk about, like, a little bit of, like, what, you know, Lomachenko's future. But mm-hmm. this dude, Kriegel, man, the commentator, I don't know why they rather have him on there than Teddy, man. Because oh, did you hear the, did you hear the news? This guy, no part in my, you know. He had all of Loma in his mouth, man. Paul, like, it was just ridiculous, like, almost, almost blatant. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, like, it's, it's like he was almost calling the shot. And he's like, oh, here it is. Here it is. And I'm like, Really? He's, 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 he's got a fan that they have doing this commentary. That's just crazy to me, man. I'm First like, of all, that wow. commentary is a joke. And I know they're not used to calling big fights. But damn, y'all have Friday night fights all this year, but it's a news book while we were on the phone. I don't know if you knew this, but Teddy Atlas is no longer calling fights for them. Yeah. I got an alert on my phone, so and I, and I, and I know why that is. And I think it has something to do with Barbara Again, you, a lot of this stuff this is crazy how boxing is, how deep-rooted relationships are. I think, I, not I think, I knew this. Teddy Atlas is not a big fan of Bob Arrow. It's just not a fan of You know, this goes back way from back. You know, Teddy's been around boxing longer than you and I have been around. So it, there's a lot of, you know, probably when he was a trainer. Who knows? Like, you know, but Teddy speaks his mind, and you can't mess up the money. Bob and ESPN has a relationship. Just like the NFL has a relationship with ESPN. And if you say you so you see what's going on, they suspended all those people that work for ESPN, although the sexual harassment suit had with the case, uh, 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 allegations happened on the, a whole other network. But because the ESPN is in bed with the NFL business-wise, it made business sense to suspend these guys from their network. Even though Teddy wasn't suspended, I think it probably was a mutual agreement. Teddy probably was like, listen, if you're going to have me on here, I'm going to call my, you know, I'm going to be honest and opinionated. And Bob Aram is so in the mix of stuff. Like, you know, even though he's like 90, how old is Bob now? Is he a 90 yet or is he 80? 86. 86. Oh, gosh. Okay. Check out, Bunsen. I mean, He's still witty as hell. Like he's still got all his wit. Like he's still yeah, clear. Yeah. Like he's still the he's still the guy that comes in the office every day. He's that guy. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if you watch the show Billion. This guy's a billionaire, but he's in the office every day. Like he's just like a like he's like a manager at McDonald's. He's just there. That's how Bob Aaron is. You know, like yeah, these guys, man. the Mark Cubans, the Jerry Joneses. You know, those those type guys. Bob is in that same mold, like those type dudes, where they probably know, Bob probably know the janitor in Top Rickfield building, the cooks, the cleaning, the cleaning people that work on the He's in the know of everything, and I know a personality like Teddy Atlas and Bob Abram, don't, that don't, it's two alpha knows in the same situation. It's not going to work. But you know Teddy's going to give his opinion. Yep. Yeah, he's in zero filter. <laughs> no filter. Neither one of them, though. No chill. Like, two older yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. That, that's young really Bob, but... Two people like that, or did, that's going to be a problem. So what's next for Lomachenko? What's the next move? I mean, you know, I was reading today that they, they say he, they, he may stay at 130 for a fight or two. 
before he makes the 135 leap. Now, naturally, the the one name that pops up is, is uh, Mikey Garcia. Uh, you, uh, yeah. you know, and you know, and you know, when we look around like a at 135 pounds, I mean, that's the guy that we hold at the highest, you know, uh, pedestal in that division. You know, when you have Lenares as a title holder, Robert Easter as a title holder. Um, and, you know, we want to see Mikey and Lenares fight too. And Robert Easter's kind of like, again, like the the dark horse, or who's like, I think is going to just end up at 140 anyway. Right, but right, right. I think. It's, yeah, I mean, Lomachenko's in a very interesting position, man, because when you look south and north, right, and I, and I asked somebody this, right, and look, I, it's, I, I mean, this is, this is obviously not, not me, like, uh, predicting, like, fights ahead and whatever, but I mean, look, just, like, keeping it 100, man, at featherweight, I mean, I don't see anybody going up, going up to 130 to fight him. You know, whether it's Leo Santa Cruz or Gary Russell, I don't think he wants that. And so then, you know, there's Miguel Burchelt and, you know, Tank ain't going to fight him. And, you know, so 135 would be the the move you would think he, you know, he would, he would, he would target at the very least, like in the summer and year. But the thing is, and, and, and I'll tell you, I don't think a Lomachenko Mikey Garcia fight is going to happen next year. Because so has to I go. Think, yeah, that, that's a, that's a build up. Yeah, and I I think he has to fight. Um, I mean, look, man. I I don't know. Like, look, if you're going to stay at one thirty, just I, I don't know if he's going to try to unify unify the division or whatever. But yeah, that, like, totally, yeah. I should say. Okay. But if you fight like a Birch help, which is a fight that I think could be done. You fight like I guess some of those guys, and you grab it like you unify, and then go up. Fine. The thing is, and we and we we understand the the competitive side of boxing, but it is a business. Business. And think, that, that's what I was going to say, and then that's a shame that it's not a lot of good business out right now. Like he missed. Right. It's funny because it's almost like he's in a wrong era. It's like. Where are the Marco Antonio Barrels? Where is Eric Morales? Yeah, all these guys, yeah. Like, he would have been perfect for that era. You know what I mean? Like, and it's a shame because it's such a drop off now. Like, it's funny how boxing works. It works in cycles. Like, either the, you know, because at one time, like, 35 on down was loaded with people, but Lomachenko wasn't yeah. around then. Right. Then the talent moved higher. You know, 140, which was always like a bridge to 147, but became like a hot bid at one point in time. You know what I mean? And now, obviously, you know, you always have welterweight and, and you know, so on and so forth. But I, I guess what he's probably going to have to do is, and this is, this is where it, Bob is going to have to really do some creative promoting. He's, but you know, Bob wants to make him a star, obviously. You know, he want to constantly yeah. build his brand. And Mikey, needs to constantly, you know, Mikey needs maybe one more big fight, I think, next year. If they're going to fight in 2019, he needs to end the year off next year with a really big fight, statement-type fight, and then you have the fight in the beginning of the year, 2019, or the spring of 2019 with uh, Lomachenko, because by then everybody's going to want it because it's going to be like, okay, Nobody can beat Mikey Garcia. Nobody can beat Lomachenko from 35 on down. 
this is the only fight that the fans want. You know, there's a good story to be told here because there's bad blood. I mean, who? Damn, doesn't it feel like everybody had bad blood with Bob Arum? They ain't <laughs> nobody reads on good terms from that place. Nobody yeah, like that left like nobody, nobody, nobody goes back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like nobody leaves them with good turns. Um, but anyhow, uh, so you got a lot of different variables there, and you got a, a taller guy going against. Even though we know, we all know who we believe will win the fight, but for the public, and and, and, and Mike Garcia is Mexican because I think that's how I, like Pacquiao made his name off of the back of Mexican fights. Yeah, and I think, and I, and I think uh, Mikey Garcia, he, he has the right person. Even though he's not a real loud talker or anything, he's just a guy that just comes and works. And that's the fight, though, right there. That's the next big super fight in Boston, I believe. And I think the Mexican it's fans will get behind him for that one for sure. Oh yeah. Oh, you know, you already know they are. You know what I mean? And, but I think that's the next big fight in Boston. Like I just think yeah. that just like Triple G and Kanawa was. I think this is a smaller version of that, basically. This is a smaller version. I just hope that, you know, because um, both of those guys, they're not, they're not old, but they're not that young either, where, you know, you want to keep waiting for stuff. You know, I mean, what is Lomachenko, 29? But he's a fresh 29, 29 years old. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's not like, you know, um, you know, he's a fresh. He's the guy just became pro a few years ago. Mikey right, had right. two years off, so he's fresh. So the, both of these guys are fresh guys, and I just think with Mikey Garcia, you're going to see him in fights where obviously he's going to be favored to win. But um, the way he's going to beat people, people are going to be like, "Well, I don't know." Like this, is a, you already got people calling it a fifty-fifty fight. We're more sixty-forty than fifty-fifty, you know, than most people. But like, if anybody thinks Mikey Garcia is going to win, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm not going whatever. That's your opinion, but. You know, right now, collectively, we think Lomachenko beats Mikey Garcia. You know, the only way I see it being a problem is they was a fight at Junior Walkerweight. Then I'm like, okay, well, maybe, you know, I'll go with Mikey Garcia for that. It's because of the size. He's a nasty, bigger guy. Right, right. But I don't think I would ever do that, though. Yeah, and and I don't think even Lomachenko – I don't know. Like, I don't know if he wants to fight at 140 pounds. Cause yeah, I, I, he's not Pacquiao where he, he right, he's right. I was gonna say to that like that, where it's like where he can move up and just start. You know, Pacquiao was knocking guys out with with, with straight left hands, and Lomachenko breaks you down. So that takes time to do that. Yeah. When you're a smaller guy moving up. You can't do. It's not the same. You know what I mean? Like, like we saw Corrales move up to you, and then Corrales was tall. But he was—he just wasn't the same wasn't guy as Junior Welterweight. Yeah, like when he moved up to well, like he just didn't look the same. He never looked powerful up there, you know. And, and it just goes to show you why weight classes. But yep, yep. So that's pretty much it. Yeah, man. So for so, so, um, so the year, I mean, you got Billy. You got one fight next week, but well, this weekend, really. <laughs> this weekend, I'm tripping. I'm just yo. This month was I so quick. I didn't even realize yep. next week is Christmas. I'm like, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 this this year in general just went like, like I'm a boxing fan, man. Our years just our years broken down in two. I tell people it's broken down in two sections. We got lucky this yeah. year, though. Every yeah, fall, I mean, we yeah. got I mean, every season we got a fight, which never pretty happened. much. 
Yeah, I mean, and good fights. I mean, quality. Good fight. Fights. It started yeah. off. It started off with Danny and Thurman, right? Well, DeGale and Jack. Well, that was in January. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yep. And and I mean, yeah, we we had we've had good fights, man. I mean, I I I honestly can't complain at all. Like you know, every fight that I, I that. And obviously, I say that realistically that, you know, at a point where these guys should fight, we did see a lot of that, you know? I mean, I, it's hard for me to complain, you know? So I think for 2000, 2018, man, it's, I mean, there's already things materializing, but I mean, I, 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 think, I think the idea, man, is just to make bigger and better fights, you know? And, and you know, the, the sticking point is still obviously you know, the Showtime and HBO and ESPN. It's just basically three conglomerates right now, but at some point in the next couple of years, that's going to be tested with certain matchups that, you know, we you know, talking about right now uh, as far as how these relationships can get, you know, built to make these really big fights that can be happening in the next couple of years, man. So, but yeah, I mean, next week, I mean, I think it's the, the wrap-up show. And, you know, we're uh, just going to be going about, you know, uh, picking up our, or picking our fight of the year, you know, fight of the year, and, you know, things, things of that nature. But that's pretty much it, man. So, yeah, this weekend, Billy Joe Saunders versus David Lemieux. I actually didn't I never get my prediction for that fight, uh, you know, before uh, training on the line. But I like Lemieux by knockout in that fight, man. I, I just, to be honest, man, I've never been – really big on Billy Joe Saunders, man. Like, I, I, I have a tough time finding a dominant performance that he had against, like, a top-level opponent, you know. So I think Lemire's just a more experienced middleweight, has fought better middleweights, stronger middleweights. And he can and he can crack, man. So I, I like him by, like, a mid-late uh, stoppage. Um, I, I just, I'm not real big on Billy Joe Saunders. I mean, he's, he's a decent boxer. I just don't think he can outbox. Bill, uh, uh, David Lemieux for, for 12 rounds, and let alone he's not a big puncher. So I, I got Lemieux by knockout or TKO. But that's pretty much the show, man. Follow us at Gargigo Boxing. You can follow me at Rubedo underscore Slack. Until next time, man, or really next week, our final show for 2017. We're out of here. Follow us uh, also on uh, iTunes. Just uh, search DYGB and SoundCloud dot com slash gygb for all our previous episodes and that's about it peace
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.